Welcome to Let's Admit It, a college admissions podcast hosted by the Boise Bible College Admissions Department. Here, we aim to answer the spoken and unspoken questions of high school students and parents who are looking to learn more about a Christian college experience. You can learn more about Boise Bible College at www.boisebible.edu. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to the Let's Admit It podcast. I am Michael Gritton. I am your host, and I am over the dadgum moon right now because uh, this is all working, and I'm so doggone happy about it. Um, so today, I have uh, just one of the funnest topics to, to discuss with you, um, and that is the... Well, first of all, I'm going to actually introduce our guest. For the third time, I would like to introduce uh, Mr. Ben Bishop. Hello, Ben. Hello. Ben is the Lord and Master of Cha-Ching here at the college. He is uh, the guy who makes all the, the numbers go forward. Um, and you don't necessarily love that uh, that title that I use for you. <laughs> That's not an official title, no. <laughs> uh, ben, how you doing? <laughs> doing well today. Doing well. I think the last... 48 hours we've probably gotten more rain here in Boise than we have in gosh it feels like a couple of years it's been (laughs) nuts that's living in a desert for you when it rains it rains so um a moment ago you actually mentioned to me that your wife is from Illinois Mm -hmm. and uh what she says to you during these rainstorms is uh is that they're you know weak yeah, and, oh, these, these storms are nothing. And that, that, that surprised me because, uh, dear listener, we have a member of staff. His name is uh, Vance Russell, and he is the professor of uh, New Testament, professor of Greek, does some theology stuff on the side. Um, and he's also from Illinois. And every single time in the last, I think he's been here for four or five years, every single time it's rained outside, he, he goes onto social media. He's like, weak. And that just reminds me that just, that's just the, the image that I have of your wife at this point. Um, but okay. So today we are going to be discussing, um, one of the, uh, one of the unfortunate things in our society nowadays. Um, and that is, uh, debt and more specifically how you can get through college debt free. Now, when I was a high school student, I very much was of the opinion that, uh, uh, you know, I was raised to believe that college was something that you do because it's something that should be done. Um, but more importantly, that it is a, it is a purchase that is worth going into debt for, right? So like there's, there, I was told that there was three different things that it's okay to go into debt for. One of them was education. One of them was a house. And I think one of them was like a car or something. I don't necessarily agree with the car one, but I digress. Um, today, though, we're going to talk about how it is entirely possible, excuse me, entirely possible to get through college without digging yourself into the red. And so um, a lot of today is going to be me kind of stepping back and uh, handing the reins to to Ben um, uh, and letting him kind of just take the conversation where it goes. So Ben... Um, just walk us through how is it, how, from your perspective, which is, you know, the most knowledgeable perspective in the college, how is it possible for someone to go into, go through and graduate from college completely debt-free? So one is to have a a good perspective of the cost of college. 
will the future you be thankful for any decisions you're making now? That works for time, that works for finances. So you think to yourself, before you start school, what you wanna feel when you graduate from school. Some people, it might be taking out loans, might help them out with their situation. Other people, it may not. So you know, keep that in mind, take, take the long view of what your education is and plan ahead for that. There is no magic pill to graduate college without debt. It takes planning and perseverance and responsibility. Uh, yes, these are not the most catchiest words, but they've worked <laughs> for thousands of years, and I think Jesus would say the same thing when it comes to counting the cost to make sure you plan yeah. ahead. Uh, but there's three major ways that we can kind of talk about how you could graduate college with us debt-free. Number one is to know the cost of college. Number two is to apply for any and all financial aid that you might be eligible for. And number three would be to build a budget. So when you know a cost, there's different kinds of costs. So you talk to the financial aid department, the admissions department, they're going to give you what things may cost. But there's different words for that. There is something that's called a direct cost. These are monies paid directly to the college, tuition, fees, room and board, things like that. That money, money gets paid to the college. There's also indirect costs, which is like transportation. If you're driving to or from school, well, gas prices change all the time. Uh, so you don't know exactly what that could be. Or there might be other indirect costs like books. You could get used books, you could borrow books, you can get books new. They make it, you might buy them from the college, you might buy them from Amazon or a bookstore. So those are indirect costs, but they're all part of going to college. And there's other indirect costs too, like, well, you gotta wear clothes, that, that we'd appreciate that if you come to class dressed for stormy weather, That's dressed true. for hot weather, etc. Uh, then there's a term called the cost of attendance. What the cost of attendance is, is the direct cost plus the indirect costs. Uh, every school reports these. You can always ask for this number. You can ask for what the direct cost is for the coming up semester. What are some estimates from the financial aid department? You can use these numbers to, to kind of figure out what the cost of your education will be for the upcoming year. Every school calculates these for the upcoming year, so they can always give you some rough numbers and everyone's actual costs may be different. You might carpool to, from your parents' house. You might live on campus. You might borrow books from your brother who also went here, things like that. And I do want to just jump in real quick and, and say uh, it is, you know, just obje objectively speaking, it is virtually impossible for any college to tell you uh, a direct, exact number of what you're going to pay at the end of the four years. Because what Ben's talking about right now, there's a lot of stuff they don't know. And they can't know. Because when I was, uh, when I was a freshman here, I spent a lot of time at pawn shops buying video <laughs> games that I had no intention of playing, but I had some money, and so I was going to spend it. There's no way the college could have known that. Uh, so I just want to reinforce what you're saying, Ben, that uh, you know, as, you're, as you're going through the, the application process and you're looking for these numbers, realize that they are at best pretty doggone good estimates. Yes. Yeah, and, and they're, they're good estimates for the upcoming year. So if you're in right now applying for the upcoming fall semester, we can probably give you reasonable estimates for direct costs. But if you're thinking what the cost will be four years from now, we might be losing projections, but it's like judging the weather. We can tell you what the weather's gonna be two, three days from now, but a weather's gonna be six months from now, we can give you overall trends, but we can't tell you what specifically, what if it would be 90 degrees yeah. or 30 degrees. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of, when you know the cost, you know how much you need to save up for. But not all the money needs to get paid from you personally or your parents. 
there is something called financial aid. And this is what the financial aid department is here to help you out for. Ben Bishop is the financial aid director, as well as being the Lord of Cha-Ching. <laughs> Makes it sound like, like a, some sort of fighting game. <laughs> the giant medals around well, me. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're fighting student debt. <laughs> if only Mr. T could see that. Yeah. Could maybe have some <laughs> PSA or something. Uh, so uh, when you apply for financial aid, there are basically two categories of financial aid and their subcategories they're in. Uh, there is institutional aid, and that's from scholarships from the college. And we've talked about that before, scholarships that we offer. And we're always like amending kind of scholarships to help students come better or hit different areas of students that need more help, things like that. Uh, there's also uh, outside aid. And so inside the outside of category, and that is kind of a weird way of saying that, is that there's federal aid. And we've talked about how to apply for the free application for federal student aid, or the FAFSA. Uh, but we, something we need to talk about is when you look for just outside scholarships. There's a lot of organizations. There's a lot of places that just want to help students go to school. Some places, personally, that might help people go into a life of ministry or for a certain field like education, things like that. So as you look at these different places, you could go, well, where can I look? Well, the internet may be a good place to start, but that's just like going to like the public library, the kids section, to get some basic research for something. But when you want to go more in depth, you got to go deeper than just doing a quick internet search engine lookup. Uh, you can take a look at your local civic organizations, churches, community groups, workplaces. You can definitely take a look online for tons of scholarships. There's thousands out there, and you might be eligible for some of them. When you look at outside scholarships, there's something you think about. There are giant nationwide scholarships, which may look really appealing. You might try for those, but you'll be a small fish in a big pond. If you stand out in a certain area, that'd be great. A lot of those nationwide ones will offer like $50,000 mm-hmm. scholarship. And uh, in a lot of ways, that $50,000 scholarship is like the $125 million lottery. It's a big number but there is such a huge number of people applying that your chances of getting it, relatively slim. Yeah, and then there's state scholarships. So take a look at your local state, see if they have any scholarship for your state or state level organizations or even city organizations or community-based things. And the community-based you know, may not seem like a lot, but they're the people who want to help you along people in your local area. Mm-hmm. And that way you'd be a big fish in a small pond. And there's nothing wrong with applying for national state and local oh, absolutely yeah you know and- worst thing that's going to happen is you can get told no <laughs> um and and that actually brings up another point that i like to bring up and i'll let's just be a quick thing uh <laughs> listener if you ever are doing a application for a scholarship and there is an application fee oh. for that application for that scholarship run run yeah. so far don't away. do that don't do that it's a scam yeah uh so having said that if there is a 50 $100,000, scholarship that you're eyeing up, absolutely apply for it because who knows, maybe you'll get it. Uh, but never, never pay for an application. Yeah, so there's some things you just look up for, for scams. We live in a fallen world. Unfortunately, there's sin in the world. So what that means is try to be wise. If you have to pay for anything, don't do it. If you have to give up any kind of personal information, like a credit card number, social security number, things like that, don't do it. Don't do it. If you're kind of concerned about it, you know what? Send us an email and we'll take a look at it so you don't have to look at it. And then we can say, this looks reasonable. Or, you know, maybe you should stay away from this because we don't want anyone to get hurt looking for these. Mm-hmm. Now, there are things that you can do right now 
for the scholarships even before any applications get released. And then something to keep in mind is that scholarships usually work a year ahead. So if you're thinking of coming next fall, right now is the best time to start looking for these scholarships. <clears throat> uh, but some things you can do before they come out, like one, most scholarships need letters of recommendation. So talk to your pastor, talk to your employer, get letters and have them write it for you, put them in a, have them put it in a sealed envelope, they're ready to go. You don't need to ask them when it's like due in a week. They have time to write, think about it. You can start writing some essays. Now you don't know what, if there's gonna be a scholarship essay, what it's gonna be on, but it's your life. Write something about happened in your life, a story that showed some sort of character trait or growth or something that you can go, hey, this is something I worked on, overcame this difficulty, and this is what I learned from it. And that way, when the scholarship essays come up, you can take those stories that you've already written, a dozen or so of them, and kind of pick one that fits and elaborate on it. That way you've done already half the work. Make sure you also search for scholarships in advance. Don't just think you can get it because school starts, say, in a week or two. These take months to kind of plan ahead. The more time you have, the more work you can put toward them, the more time you can separate yourself from the rest of the pack. Also, reach out, communicate to the scholarship organization, send them some emails, call them up, get some information about them, because if it's a business or a community group, they probably have some values that they want to have you exhibit in their scholarship applicants. So you can ask about that. Keep in mind that the shotgun approach to scholarship applications that many people think works does not. You don't just apply randomly to multiple scholarships, but what you can do is you can be targeted. You can see what they want, what you can give them, because they're helping you out, and you're also helping them out because you're grateful for it. And look, you get a scholarship, you put it on your resume, and so you kind of promote who they are as well, and so you want to build up that relationship. So finally, after kind of, that's just some basic stuff, see what's out there. There's a lot of places. You can talk to your high school counselor. If you're curious about scholarships, you can talk to a college. You can talk to us. We'll gladly point you in the right direction. Everyone wants to help out fund your college education wherever you go. And think about this way. If, even if it's like there's a $100 scholarship and you spend, oh, I don't know, four hours on it, that's $25 an hour. That's not bad at all. Still pretty doggone good. You know, and so... You know, if you, especially if you do the work beforehand, you're saving your future self of you when you're mm -hmm. attending college is going to be thankful for what you're doing now, just like the future self of you after you graduate college is going to be grateful for having the scholarships or other financial aid that's not putting you into debt. So finally, when you get kind of closer to going to college, the final step is to kind of build a budget. And all this is is simple math. You look at what it will cost you for that year or period of budget. Usually year is the average thing that they do. You look at how much income you have, that includes scholarships, other financial aid, personal savings account, stuff like that, and see if there is what the difference is. If it's in the red, well, you might need some more application for scholarships, save up some more, think about on-campus jobs. If there's extra money, that's great. Start using it to save up for next year or other things you want to save up for. And that's all basically to it. You know, in your budget, make sure you put those needed categories of savings, food, some small amount for entertainment, things like that that you want to have as well in your budget. And I do want to emphasize, uh, give yourself some room for entertainment and for fun because uh, if you don't enjoy if you don't enjoy the way that you're spending your money, um, chances are uh, that's going to become very uh, tiresome and um, life is meant to be enjoyed. 
So if when you're going through your budget and you have to axe something, uh, maybe think something else other than entertainment. Maybe cut back on uh, clothes or food or things like that. Um, my general my general encouragement with budget stuff is um, you know have a have a list of priorities and make sure that entertainment and fun is somewhere up on that priority list. Just my thought. Oh, yeah, there's many people who make a list of what are their needs and versus their wants. Mm-hmm. And then they rank the needs of high needs, like oh, a place to live, food, you know, these things that you definitely absolutely need to survive. And then you have wants. And I know many people say put coffee high up their wants. Mm. Fair enough. Or put like something high up on their wants and things low down. And then just go through so that the future you will be grateful for the decisions you make. The more you plan, the better it is, the more you can be prepared. People who don't plan usually end up looking like the fool in Proverbs, which is no place any of us want to be. We want to be wise. And so just be intentional, plan ahead. And with these techniques, um, it is very likely that you could graduate without too much or any loan debt. Yeah. And I know uh, lots of people in you know my graduating class or my graduating class adjacent that uh, that graduated completely debt-free. Um, as we were coming down to the end of this, there was a couple of things I wanted to point out. Number one, um, everything that you have heard in the last 17 minutes um, actually came from a, uh, a blog post um, on our website. It, this one in particular is called Why a Debt-Free Bible College Education is Possible. Um, and ironically, the, uh, the picture on that blog post is of a classroom being taught by Vance Russell, who I mentioned uh, at the beginning of this podcast as being the person from Illinois who thinks all of our rainstorms are weak. Um, so that's just a funny happenstance. I would encourage you to go and uh, read through it. Um, we uh, summarized a lot of things in this podcast, um, but there's a lot of really good information on that. The last thing that I want to point out as we are <clears throat> drawing to the end here. Um, specific advice in terms of budgeting. Um, we live in a digital age. Um, I know that for my parents um, who were, you know, just coming into their, what I call their old adulthood, adulthood and by that I mean 30s and 40s. Um, wow. Ouch. Wow. <laughs> tried to pad it as much as I could. No, but they, they were around then when, um, you know, computers were really starting to hit their, their pace. And I know that Microsoft Excel was a really big tool for budgeting. Um, and if that, if that still works for you, listener, then absolutely use that. Um, my wife and I use a little ditty called Mint. Um, which connects to your bank account and you can, it's, it's very intuitive. Um, really good for budgeting and for sticking to that budget. You can understand why you, you tell this, this software, this is how much money I can spend on, let's say clothes, for example. And then you spend $2 more and the software is like, ding, ding, ding. Maybe you should, you know, tone it back a little bit. Um, (laughs) I know there are some that uh, are a lot more sassy than that. There are some that like will give you playful insults if you if you spend over your budget. Um, if that's something that helps you, if that's, if that's something that helps you stick to your guns. Um, but ultimately, find something that works for you and then do that because um, something you're gonna something that I wish I had heard more when I was a high school student is uh, once you spend money, that money is gone. 
Um, and unless you're spending it on the stock market, and, and then only sometimes, yeah. you're not going to see that money again. So um, anyway, that is that is all <laughs> that we have time for today. Ben, thank you for being in today. Um, you are our first uh, three-peat uh, guest, so congratulations. You're the first person who's been on the podcast three whole times. Um, and, uh, and listener, I, I want to, I want to invite you back, uh, to next week's adventure into the Let's Admit podcast, uh, of the admissions department of Boyce Bible College. So thank you for joining us. I will see you next time. <laughs>